What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm the Pody, and you're listening to This Week in Sports. It is Monday, November 1st, 2021, and we're back. Or I should say, I'm back. It's been quite a while since I have done an episode. Um, Let's actually go back and see, because I don't even know how long it has been the last episode I did, unbelievable. Um, I It's been one month. This is the longest interval of time uh, between episodes ever. One full month. My last episode was October 1st. Um, and there's a lot behind the reasoning um, as to why it, it's been so long, such a hiatus of one month. First of all, The weekends have been crazy. The weeks leading up to the weekends have been crazy. I'm still doing the chains on football games, local high school football games every Friday night, and I just don't have the energy to to um to do the podcast and and stay up uh, up with it. And there's so much football going on between college on Friday nights, even on Saturdays. There, I was doing uh, coaching softball. We're on a bit of a hiatus right now as well with that. So I have some more time in between. So it's been a lot. Um, the grind is real. Fantasy football is going on right now. I'm killing it with that, although we have a bit of a scare tonight. I'll get into more on that later. Uh, let's recap. We're, we're going to dive in on this November 1st, and we're going to talk some NFL. What is it? What was that? Week 8, I believe, in the NFL season. I, I get all mixed up because, yeah, it was week 8 with the Jets having the bye last week. So week 8, we're going to get into it. There's been some major um, developing news thus far today. If you haven't been paying attention to the tweets dropped by Adam Schefter, um, we had a, a a major trade, a huge signing coming out of virtually nowhere, um, a season-ending, uh, virtually season-ending injury. As far as I know right now, I heard um, eight weeks. So this team has gone out and signed a veteran pro bowler. I'll get into that um, a little bit as well. Um, but first... We have to talk about none other than, you guessed it, the New York Jets, okay? And let me cue it up because I wouldn't be doing it justice if I didn't cue it up. Here we go. He said no cursing, but yeah, it's, it's Mike Effing. Let's rewind that a bit because I had the volume a little low. It's Mike Effing White. All right, he said no. He said no cursing, but yeah, it's it's Mike F and White. All right, like let's put it to bed. It's Mike F and White. He's a savage. He's a dog. There you have it. Okay, that is Ty Johnson saying it best. That will be the title of this podcast. It is Mike effing white that's right ladies and gentlemen the savage himself the animal himself mike effing white a former fifth round pick out of wait for it western kentucky he started his collegiate career at south florida then transferred to western kentucky put up some good numbers got himself drafted in the fifth round of 2018's draft by the dallas cowboys the jets then picked him up i think in 2019 the last year he was on the roster the jets cut him four separate times and what does he do go uh going out there yesterday, but in front of the home fans, the home crowd, his family crying, he throws for 405 yards, 
just a ridiculous stat line. Um, I think he was 29 of 37, started off the game 7 for 7 on the first drive, 11 for his first 11, two interceptions, which, yeah, that's going to happen. It's his first ever start. Just the second guy behind Cam Newton ever to throw for 400 yards in their debut. Um, First guy since Vinny Testaverde in the year 2000. So it's been 21 years since the Jets had a 400-yard passer. I mean, just some of these stats are ridiculous. I never saw it coming. And as a diehard Jets fan, you bet your bottom dollar. I bet against my team yesterday, okay? Earlier in the week on, I think, Friday early morning, I saw a report from The Athletic that all of a sudden, Corey Davis is doubtful to play, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the perfect time to bet the Bengals before this spread jumps any higher. And it was at 10.5 when I bet the Bengals. I threw $100 on the Bengals, minus 110 spread. It swelled by game time to an to 11.5. And, and when I look at the that, that type of spread, I know the Jets are at home, but when you go out and you look at a team like, say, the Rams playing the Texans, that spread was 16 and a half, which I could get, I could talk all day about that, that finish. Um, but talk about bad beats with 22 straight unanswered by the Houston Texans, including a two point conversion to bust anybody that had the Rams at 16 and a half. But here's what I will say about the higher end spreads. Once they start to swell into double digits as a home dog, I should have known a guy making his first career start, the Bengals coming off that big win, the Bengals, everybody's saying they're legit. And I didn't buy into it. All year long, I didn't buy into it until last week when they beat the Ravens. And then I'm like, okay, maybe this team is a little bit legit and I've been just missing out. Um, But I think it's a little flukish with the whole Jamar Chase putting up ridiculous numbers every week. And it it showed against the Jets. He had like 30-something yards, although we did get a touchdown. That was a big money bet that I had. Um, There was an odds boost there from BR Betting, so thank you for that. Me, my brother, and my sister-in-law were at my grandma's house watching, jumping, screaming, hoping they threw to him in the corner of the end zone, and they did for the touchdown. So I won some good money there. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Bengals... Um, riding high coming into this game on the road, maybe overlooking the Jets and Mike White. There's really no tape on this guy. And uh, what do you know? The Jets came out and they looked like a competent, and I'll go a step further, they looked even uh, better than a competent NFL team. They looked like a stud offense. I mean, let's the defense aside, they were great as well, but, I mean, they, they did give up 31 points. But this offense looked as good as I, I'll go as far as to say this, this offense looked as good as I have ever seen in my 29 years on this earth. And, and, you know, say, let's say 21 of them watching Jets football that I can remember. Um, So that's not an exaggeration. This team was running screens that I've never seen this team do before, like multiple screens that were actually working. I always joke that the Jets are the only team in the NFL that don't know how to run a screen. And when they do, They don't know how to get yards on a screen pass. And they were doing it. Michael Carter looked great. Shout out to him. He's on my fantasy team. I started him um, in a bit of a pickle tonight because I had zero points from Emmanuel Sanders and Tampa Bay defense got me zero. So I am up 11 points and not even 11. And um, I'm going against Devontae Booker for the Giants. So I'm praying that, um, you know, the Chiefs, 
score a crap ton of points and the Giants find themselves down early. And I'm hoping for that Manning cast effect. You know, Eli is going to be on there talking about his former team, and I hope it's just a disaster and they don't do anything. Although that's another weird spread at 10.5, so that's one to monitor. I will not be betting this game tonight. I'll probably be looking to bet something in the NBA, like maybe the Portland Trailblazers getting plus money on the road in Philly, although it scares me that they're on a back-to-back um, but that's maybe something I look at. I, I've been, I've been, you know, graced with with some good fortune so far this early NBA season betting on the uh, Portland Trailblazers. But uh, back back to football. So yeah, the Jets' offense looked as good as I've ever seen it. Uh, Mike White actually had time in the pocket. He was checking down to the running backs. I totaled it up. Uh, Michael Carter had nine receptions for ninety five yards. And I believe that Tyler Johnson had like five for 70 or something around there for a total of 166 receiving yards by New York Jets running backs. They were just giving, they were taking what they were given. Um, the Bengals just looked lost on defense. And people want to call it a fluke all you want with Mike White here, but. I'm, some of these throws he was he was making uh, absolutely ridiculous. The Keelan Cole catch, by the way, that uh, was ruled incomplete, which I don't know what a catch is anymore. Okay, because he he caught the damn ball. Okay, he caught the ball, and then of course they say no catch. That was better than the Odell, Odell catch. A lot of people are in agreement. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. That was just as good as the Odell catch. We'll say it wasn't just because of the sheer fact that it didn't count, right? But then the ne- very next play, he makes a dime throw to the only spot, um, an out route that his you know that his receiver could catch the ball, and Berrios. Uh, you know, tap dances along the sideline there uh, at the corner of the end zone or the side of the end zone there on the left side. And they get the touchdown, which if you look at that one, the ball was moving. You can argue even more than the last one with Keelan Cole. So, and that was on a third down. I mean, just Mike White. And then he throws the touchdown to give the Jets the lead over the middle um, to to Tyler Croft, which I didn't realize Tyler Croft was back uh, playing in this game. And, you know, had I known that, maybe I don't bet the Bengals as much as I did just because I know that the Jets are one of the most inept teams at the tight end position for years now. And Tyler Croft, say what you want about him. He's always injured. He's a, you know, my guy, Rutgers guy, whatever. But he he makes a difference. Like he's, you know, totally, he's way better than Griffin. He can move better. He He's just, he looks like a competent tight end out there. And somehow against his former team, the Bengals just leave him wide open and, and he gets it done. And then on the two-point conversion, let me see if I could find this. We had the two-point conversion with uh, Mike White. They're, they ran the, um, the Philly special. Let's see if I could cue that up here. Here we go. Hand off to Moore. Yeah, so um, first NFL start, and they have the gall to run a Philly special for a two-point conversion, and Mike White did the smart thing. He looks at he looks athletic for his size. I'm not entirely sure how tall he is, but he just looks 
Like he looks, if you didn't know any better better, and you just turned on the TV as a football fan and you saw this guy under center or in the shotgun running the offense, you would be like, okay, this this guy, man, who's this guy? He's, he, he's a legit starting quarterback in the NFL having not known anything else. He looked legit yesterday and he caught that two-point conversion and immediately like fell down. Like he he knew what he was doing on that play. It looks like they, that's something that they've run before. And, and le- listen, it, it was all going for the Jets. They're down double digits uh, late after they score the field goal or whatever it was to get it to seven. And then I'm thinking, okay, I need the Bengals to score uh, once more, or I think it was eight. Yeah, it was eight, you know, get, get one more score and I'm good if I'm the Bengals. And then you get the Shaq Lawson first interception of the season for the Jets. And next thing you know, that's when they scored this touchdown to take the lead. And from there, I knew it was over. Very questionable play calling at the end, though, just before the two-minute warning. And this is a young team, a young head coach, rookie rookie head coach, but this is unacceptable. They went end around with Elijah Moore, and he goes out of bounds with 2.04 left, stopping the clock. Bengals do have three timeouts, so he stops the clock. They don't have to use it. Next play goes to the two-minute warning. The very next play... They, I believe this was that helmet-to-helmet play that virtually ended the game, Um, but it might not have been, if my memory serves right, because the Bengals, I want to say the Bengals got to third down, and they didn't have to use any of their timeouts. And then, so eventually there was that helmet-to-helmet questionable call. It's just ridiculous that they would throw a penalty and end the game for the Bengals. But, um, you know, both guys lowered their helmets on just a simple tackle. They called unnecessary roughness, gave the Jets a first down, and iced the game, and they're taking kneel downs. And then the crowd is just chanting, Mike White, Mike White. And it, it was a crazy scene. The Jets are actually two and one now at home. Um, they're two and five overall through seven games, um, eight weeks of the season with the bye. And they they turned around in a short week now and they play Tennessee. And we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, they play Indy, not Tennessee. Um, Indy coming off a really brutal overtime loss to the Tennessee Titans. I had Titans money line, so that cashed in. I was getting super nervous towards the end. Um, But yeah, just a crazy week craziness for the New York Jets. In the end, I lost my money, but I am happy for the Jets because I want to see them do well. I really do. And, um, you know, it's karmic justice. I bet against them and they win the game in the biggest upset of the season uh, right there with that Titans win as well. So uh, a lot of backup quarterbacks playing yesterday and a lot of interesting uh, stuff happened. You had the Tampa Bay Bucks losing to the New Orleans Saints led by um, Jameis Winston who gets hurt in this game and then and then Trevor Simeon takes over, a former Jet quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Um, and we find out today that Jameis Winston done for the season due to a torn ACL. It was actually a very bad call. The play that he tore his ACL, he was grabbed um, by uh, basically like his right sh- his right side um, just by the shoulder pad. And they called a horse collar tackle. It wasn't even close to a horse collar tackle. But the way he was pulled sideways, his leg got caught under him, torn ACL, done for the year. And I would not be surprised if the New Orleans Saints go out and sign themselves some Cam Newton. Um, so that's a guy that I would monitor. Um, I, of course, there's going to be talk of Colin Kaepernick, I'm sure, but uh, never going to happen. So we'll see. Uh, you know, my mind is drawing a blank as to maybe what other quarterbacks are out there. Maybe they sign a guy from the practice squad. Um, so, so we'll see what happens there. 
Uh, but yeah, Jets turning it around now on Thursday night. I'm a little leery. Uh, I'm riding this high. I'm thinking, oh man, let's go Mike White. Let's do this again. And then of course, the fact that LaFleur goes into the booth, that's the other big storyline. They're saying that he couldn't go into the booth the, re- the the beginning of the year with Zach Wilson because he had to basically baby Zach Wilson after every possession. They had to go to the sideline and communicate, go over the the, the pictures of every, of every friggin' play that series and just a whole mess. The second he goes up to the booth, Mike LaFleur doesn't look like a lost little 12-year-old boy anymore. He looks like a 30-something mature offensive coordinator like he's been calling it up for years. Um, So it's something I love to see more of. And going forward, that is the case. Uh, Michael K. asked Robert Sala just before on the Michael K. show with his weekly spot, uh, do you ever want to see Mike LaFleur on the sideline again? And he said, hell no. So I I assume going forward, even if – and when it returns to Zach Wilson, because we'll get Mike White at least for this Thursday night game, and then next week we don't know against Buffalo because the because um, they could have put uh, Zach Wilson on IR, which would have been automatically missing three games. They didn't put him on IR for the simple fact that they thought maybe he would be back by the Buffalo game, but they probably also didn't think Mike White was going to do what he did. So if you have more time and Mike White's playing well, which I'm not going to lie, I don't feel good about this Thursday night game. It's a quick, quick turnaround. I know the Colts are banged up. T.Y. Hilton, he's trying his hardest to get back and play this year. He comes back, he gets hurt, he misses a game, then he plays this game, gets concussed, I think it is, and now he's out for this matchup against the Jets. I think they have another player out, um, so we'll see. Uh, also, you got to think Corey Davis may be coming back for this game. I don't think his injury was all that serious, so I'm curious to see the spread. I know this game's going to be an indie, so I'm going to I'm going to be thinking that this spread is anywhere from um, starting off, maybe it started as a one, one and a half. I'm going to say by game time, it's anywhere from two and a half to three and a half. And, um, you know, if it's three and a half, I would hammer the Jets at three and a half. No problem. But um, I I don't, you know. I don't know, because Indy's up and down. Carson Wentz, they had a chance to win it. He throws that interception over time. And so it's tough to say, but the Jets O-line really did protect well, and Mike White made a lot, a lot of smart decisions. And I hope LaFleur stays aggressive with this game planning because it was an awesome, awesome offensive game plan. It's what we all expected as Jets fans to see 100% coming into this season. That's what we expected, and that's why last week against... um, uh, coming off the bye against the Patriots was so disturbing because they lost so brutally, giving up over you know fifty six points and uh, the most in in, in years and years at like since the eighties or late seven, just just devastating. And to bounce back like they did, wow! Did they did did, did that coaching staff did that regime in, in that building ever need that? Um, So that's my rant on the Jets. I'm excited. How can Jets fans not be excited? I don't care if if Mike White turns out to be Tom Brady and and we wasted a second second overall pick on Zach Wilson. The Jets are longing for a franchise quarterback. Yes, Mike White is 26 years old, but guess what? If you're a stud quarterback in this league, you've seen it with Tom Brady. You've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. You've seen it with all the greats. You can play till you're about 40. So that would give us about 14 or 15 years of um, you know, a franchise quarterback one way or the other. But I'm not going to be the guy. As a Jets fan, we all know disappointment. So I'm going to be the half 
the glass half empty type of guy and say that Mike White is going to come back way back down to earth on Thursday night. I'm still not saying that I don't think the Jets have a great chance to upset Indy in Indy, but um, I don't think he's putting up 400 yards again and getting 16 dump offs to his uh, running backs and 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 such like that. So, uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, and you know, it, it, it's. It can only go up from here, realistically, I guess, So, if, if you're a Jets fan. So, uh, yeah, very fun to watch, and I'm excited to see what they do on Thursday night and what Mike White gets to do on the big stage now that everybody is watching. All right, I briefly spoke about some of these um, bre- this breaking news that, that I wanted to get into, and number one is we had a trade take place. The Rams and the Broncos made a trade. Okay, here is the trade. Let me pull it up for you. Adam Schefter. Okay. Adam Schefter tweeted this. Let's see. When was this tweet tweeted out? Okay. Got to go back a while because there's been a lot of action going on. Okay. Um, here we go. Four hours ago. So it is five o'clock on the East Coast. So four hours ago, around one o'clock, this was tweeted by Adam Schefter. Okay. Von Miller, uh, Blockbuster. Uh, Broncos are finalizing a trade to send eight-time Pro Bowl linebacker Von Miller to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for two second-day 2022 draft picks, according to league sources. Miller is now saying his goodbyes to his friends in the Broncos training facility. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, so what does that mean? Two second-day draft picks, right? So that's second round, third round, somewhere in there, maybe fourth round, okay? Um, So we'll have to see what those turn into, but this is what the Rams are doing. They're building their team around winning now. You now put Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller on the same team, and this gives you an instant um, that invigoration. Von Miller is going to rejuvenate his sel- himself now this season, um, kind of like what we saw with Khalil Mack immediately when he went to the um, Chicago Bears early on and they just dominated and went 12-4 and four that season. So I think this elevates the the Rams to number one in the, in the NFC. I hate to say that because obviously I'm a Bucks guy and um, I bet on them to win the Super Bowl last year and I bet on them again this year. So, um, and with the Bucks, that terrible loss to the Saints who the Saints now jump once again. This is deja vu last year all over again. The Bucks are on the outs looking in and they're going to have to win on the road again if they don't over, you know, pass over the um, New Orleans Saints in that division. But with the injury to Jameis, and him being out for the year, I don't see that being a problem. So Bucks should win the division this year. And weird, Gronk came back yesterday, but didn't play much. And then second half, he's on you know on the sidelines in street clothes. So I'm not really sure what happened to him. Very surprising the fact that Brady lost this game. So let me let me give you some um, some idea of how this thing went down. So. Before the game, uh, last minute, I bet Brady oh, uh, three touchdowns or more. And uh, so, you know, that hit, it wasn't looking great. Got the first touchdown, looking good. But then they're going down. They're losing. It's not, you know, turnovers. He had like a couple bad turnovers and whatnot. Excuse me. Then it's like halftime. And I'm thinking to myself, this smells come back all over it. I look on, uh, you know, DraftKings or whatever it was. Excuse me. And the Bucks were plus 425 money line 
they were down um, a couple scores. It might have been more than two even. And I'm thinking it was like 22 to seven, actually, maybe. And I'm thinking or 23 seven. And I'm thinking, man, I should just throw some money on this right now because Brady is going to come back now that Jameis is out and Simeon is in. Well, next thing you know, they score. Next thing you know, they score again. And bing, bang, boom, they're right back in the game. And Tom Brady gets the ball back. And he's down, um, what was it? He was down two points, I think. And uncharacteristically, Tom Brady throws a pick six. And that was your ball game. So, um, very strange. Brady's numbers against the Saints are just weird. He can never seem to beat them going back to last season until finally got it done in the playoffs. Third time's the charm. Uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm going to pump the brakes. I'm not, I'm not too concerned there, but wow, I would have been livid had I, had I gone ahead and bet that money line, um, on a whim, like I was going to, but a lot of times betting stuff on a whim never pans out. It never works. It's just an emotional, uh, thing. And, and um, and it just it, it it usually does not work out. But uh, yeah, week eight was fun. Um, you had that game, and then of course you had Cooper Rush finding out on Sunday night that Cooper Rush was going to start, even though pregame Dak was doing everything, looked like he was a full go. And then Cooper Rush comes in and proceeds to uh, do nothing. This game was kind of sucky back and forth. Vikings up ten three. It's kind of going back and forth. Then it's tied. And I'm looking at fantasy because I'm playing against Amari Cooper. And I did not have a good day. Okay. Only put up 108 points at this point. Nobody left. He's got Cooper and Devontae Booker tonight. Well, Amari Cooper has like 5.6 points at the half. So I'm like, okay, it's good. We're good. Second half, he just explodes. He he then goes out towards the end of the game. And I'm looking because he's close to 100 yards. And I'm like, no, please. Then he catches this bomb down the field that could have been intercepted. It's like bobbled and tipped to himself. And he catches it. Then he goes out and he's like rolling around with the massage gun on the sideline. He's got the tennis ball. And I'm like, yes, please don't come in. Well, they get a first and goal. Amari Cooper comes in. Who does Cooper rush throw to? Amari Cooper for the touchdown. So he puts up like 24. Now I went from being up 18 to I'm only up 10. And I'm not feeling good about it tonight with Devontae Booker. Chiefs have an awful, awful defense. Uh, just porous. Just so bad. And so I'm not feeling good at all about that game. Um, but uh, the only thing going for me, like I said, is the Manning cast. Hopefully brings the Giants a huge amount of bad luck. Um, so, you know, um, if you guys follow me. I'm going to try to get this podcast up and going weekly, but since the start of the season on DraftKings alone, I bet on a few different uh, betting apps. On DraftKings alone, I'm up about $1,100. I didn't go crazy yesterday. Won some, lost some. Mo won most, but I lost that 100 on the Jets, so um, on the Bengals, so I, I ended up winning 80 bucks, but um, on the day, but you know, up 1100 so far on the season. Like I always say, football is where you make your money and things are starting to, you know, come along, um, nicely. You're starting to see which teams are good, which teams are bad. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think so far has been so good. And I just want to come on here. Nice, quick, shortened episode and, uh, give you my take on the jets and what I see moving forward. And I just pray that they don't disappoint on Thursday night and don't turn back into an unwatchable jets team that I've come to know oh so well over these 
last 10, 11 years since they last made the playoffs with Rex Ryan. So, um, yeah, it was a fun NFL Week 8, and it concludes tonight. Hopefully my fantasy team can get to 7-1. and one. If you want to follow me on socials, you can. Um, hit me up in the comments. Uh, DM me, whatever. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, etc. I'd like to hear your picks if you have some... Um, you know, if you're looking for picks, I've had people hit me up where they're asking for picks and I give them picks um, earlier in the season when the Jets played the Patriots the for, for the first time. Somebody asked me f- um, for a, a lock of a pick and I said Patriots over Jets all day long. Um, so that hit. So, yeah, if you're looking for picks, I'm your guy. Uh, I'm not going to hit every time. I'm not going to, you know, ask for money for picks like a lot of people do. I just don't believe in that. Right. Because um, nobody the best handicappers in the world, the best betters in the world hit it like a 55% clip. So, um, you know, who am I to say that my picks are better than you throwing a dart at a dartboard and just tossing a coin and picking a game? Like, anybody could do it. Uh, So anybody could get lucky. You could say there's models and there's statistics and there's numbers and you could crunch those numbers and do all the research you want, but you just don't truly know. And yesterday was one of those instances with the Jets. You just truly do not know. And that's the beauty of sports betting and sports in general. And I didn't even get to mention that we're in the World Series and the uh, Houston Astros forced the game six back in Houston because guess what? The Atlanta Braves, who hit a grand slam in the first inning, could not hold on and faltered and baseball's become unwatchable because of how late the games are. Last night's game went past midnight again, I think. I went to bed by that point because the game was out of reach anyway for Atlanta, but they could have come back and nobody on the East Coast would have even seen it because that's the state of affairs we're in. So I don't want to digress too much because this was all about uh, football, but yeah, the World Series is still on and you can catch Game 6 tomorrow on Fox. With that being said, guys, one last thing I just wanted to say before I let you guys go is the fact that the biggest news of the day, possibly, besides Von Miller getting traded to uh, the Los Angeles Rams, is Derrick Henry is out for the season. Adam Schefter uh, tweeted about that. He hurt himself sometime in yesterday's game. I think they're calling it a broken foot, and he's likely out for the season or out for eight weeks, or whatever it is. Um, I saw some conflicting reports. It's still uh, coming in. He is going to opt for surgery tomorrow, according to head coach Mike Vrabel. So to try and fill the void, because obviously Derrick Henry is a monster, and he is the engine that um, really steamrolls that offense, because let's face it, Ryan Tannehill is good. Um, He's... I wouldn't say he's above average. He's he's turned himself into a really nice quarterback for Tennessee since uh, regaining himself as a starting quarterback in this league with the Titans and rejuvenating his career. But it's led because uh, behind Derrick Henry dominating multiple 200-yard rushing games, just having to just being able to lean back, hand him the ball, and watch him go, leading to play-action passes and wide-open receivers and stud receivers in A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, etc. I know Julio hasn't been out there much, but the Tennessee Titans, dun-dun-dun, are going out and signing the one, the only, AP, that is, Adrian Peterson. Wow. Um, so that's a big one. They are signing him to their practice squad initially, and they will be uh, bringing him up to the active roster. 
So shocking. Um, but that was the one thing I almost forgot to mention. So I wanted to let you guys in on that uh, bit of uh, that little nugget. So uh, look forward to tonight's game. I just did see a guy, a better in a sports better in New Jersey, uh, went to the Tropicana before he went to MetLife to watch the Jets yesterday. And he actually placed a $1,000 wager at 125 to 1 odds on Mike White to throw for more passing yards than any other quarterback in week eight. And he stands to win $125,000 if Daniel Jones and Patrick Mahomes do not eclipse 405 yards passing. Um, Unfortunately, as bad as the Giants are, I think it's a possibility that Mahomes, It's I mean, it's always a possibility for Mahomes to do anything, but I will be watching and looking out for for one of these quarterbacks to see if they're on pace to to throw for 405 yards. But wow, uh, so that was uh, just the last couple of things I wanted to throw in there. So week eight in the books. Um, Let me know how you guys did with your picks. If you'd like to get some more of my picks for week nine, let me know. I'll hopefully try to get a podcast out um, this coming week. I'm off Thursday and Friday, so I will get an episode on one of those two days, most likely Friday, get back on the normal schedule. So you'll get two episodes from me this week. Uh, That's cool. But uh, with that being said, I'm the Pody. I don't even know what episode number this is, so I'll just leave it at that. We're signing out. See everybody this weekend for week nine.